if you've been paying attention at all. You're aware that there's lots of bad stuff in the air right now. We're meeting the way we are because of COVID. A health concern has emerged in our church, and so we're having to discontinue in-person worship for a couple of weeks. And there is so much death that has taken place in the world, in our, in our, in our own city. Perhaps you yourself are being sequestered because you've been in contact. Perhaps you're recovering. Perhaps you've lost someone during this season. And perhaps you've been separated from them because of this, um, because of this season. And everywhere I go, there's, there's pandemic fatigue. And we, we don't know who to trust. And fires are raging. Glaciers are melting. Hurricanes are lining up and pounding. There's never been a more important time for us to, to understand how profoundly connected we are with the ongoing life that is in heaven, where God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit reign and rule and care for His, and care for God's people. And where we are not just here by ourselves on our own, but we are part of one communion and fellowship in a great mystical body that extends from the beginning when God made Adam and Eve and will continue all the way until the Lord returns and wraps things up. We, the church here on earth, are connected with the church above, the church that has been and the church that is yet to come. Um, each of today's scriptures bears an important message uh, for you and for me. From 1 John, this simple statement that you are a child of God, loved by your heavenly Father, loved so much that one day you will be like Jesus as you will see Him. And in the meantime, no matter if you feel thrown to the side of the road, ignored, and silenced, you are a child of God. Nothing else defines you. In the Middle Ages, two of the great saints were Francis and Claire, both from privileged backgrounds. Both decided that their real identity was not given to them by their family name and by the wealth that they were supposed to inherit. Their identity was found in the fact that they were children of God. And so Francis literally strips himself in front of his father and walks out of the store. And Claire goes to a church, grabs the altar, and as her family members try to drag her away, says, no, this is who I am. Now, you, you and I may not feel called quite uh, to, to express our belonging to God as His children quite that way. Nonetheless, no less than they, we belong to God as His children. And 
one of the things that we do on All Saints Day is gather around the baptismal font and we celebrate the way that we become children as we are birthed, given life in the baptismal waters. It's my, been my privilege for the last 20 years to teach a class for the Robert E. Weber Institute for Worship Studies where twice a year I get to gather around a baptismal font with students. And we, we, we reflect on what baptism means to us, and people tell their stories. And one day, an African-American young lady in tears talked about how in her upbringing, because of her experience with white people, it was very hard for her to imagine worshiping with white folks. But here we were, and we were white, we were black, we were Asian, and she said, but we belong together. And she went to our font, she dipped her hands in the water, and she went around to each person and grabbed our hands and said, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. And we close with the hymn. No matter where you came from, no matter where you're going, no matter your zip code, no matter your IQ, no matter, no matter what, you belong to Jesus Christ. You are a precious child of God. And because you are a child of God, your life matters. That's part of what we celebrate on All Saints Sunday. The second passage is, is uh, from Romans 7. Romans 7 very soberly notes that here on earth there is a great ordeal. There is suffering, there is persecution, there is false teaching. And what we meet in Revelation 7 are those who have been rescued, pulled out of that, waving palm branches, robed in white, giving praise and honor and thanksgiving to God because there is in heaven a great shepherd who is, who is caring for us because he was a lamb slain. And one day for all of us, there will be no more thirst, no more hunger, no more tears, and no more death. So what you and I need to glean from this passage on this All Saints Day is that while we live with a great ordeal down here on earth, the great ordeal will only last a while. And whether by going to heaven before the Lord comes back again or being here when He comes back again and being taken up with all the saints who are on the earth at that time, we will be released from the great ordeal. 
in a few moments, we will lift up the names of some 40 dear saints of this church who have gone on to, to their reward this past year. Two of those come to mind even at this moment. Sweet Sue McHugh and radiantly smiling Tony Gunter. Sue McHugh, whom we put to rest just weeks ago, in her 90s. But the last few years were a great ordeal in which she lost her sight. And shortly before she lost her sight, when she was in the midst, she, when, she was, when her eyesight was in decline, she asked me for a copy of the, the one beautiful colored picture of Jesus' resurrection that George Rouault painted, because she wanted that impressed into her mind and her heart and her spirit. And honestly, the last couple of years when she could not see were very hard for her, and yet it did not keep her from opening her place to, to exercise hospitality, to host some other ladies with limited or no eyesight for a Bible study. She knew that this great ordeal was only temporary. And Tony Gunter, his heart was going, and, then, and just before COVID tide descended upon us, I had the privilege of going to his house and serving communion to him and to the rest of his house. And it wasn't anything he said, but and he knew that his end was coming. But there was an equipoise, a sense of equanimity, a certain peace that just settled over him, a smile that would not go away. How grateful he was to meet Jesus that one last time in the bread and in the wine, knowing that soon he would go to sleep and wake up in the arms of the real deal. Here on All Saints, as the earthly expression of the body of Christ, I want you to know, I pray to the end, that you may know that the great ordeal that the world is experiencing and whatever portion of it you experience is only temporary. The Lord will see you through it as you seek to endure. Then third, a few words about the Beatitudes. You see, until the Lord comes back, after we die, we go to heaven. But between now and when you die and go to heaven, or between now and when the Lord comes back and brings new heavens and new earth down here, the Lord's intention is to bring a bit of heaven and to bring a bit of that new creation into this world through you and me. And that is why at the beginning of his teaching ministry in, in the gospel, according to Matthew, Jesus gives us the Beatitudes. Here 
wonderfully expressed is the truth that John writes about in 1 John 3, where he says there, we will, uh, we will be like him, for we will see him as he is. The Beatitudes invite us to see him as he is, so that we may be like him. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. Take my yoke on you, for I am meek and I am humble. I am those beatitudes and learn from me. He says, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Then go to see Jesus weeping tears at the grave of his friend Lazarus as he, as he grieves over the grief of Mary and Martha and the rest of the family and friends. He has come to teach us to mourn. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they will be filled. And he gives himself to fulfill all righteousness by going into the waters of Jordan and experiencing that baptism, and then going to the cross where he experiences the ultimate baptism to fulfill all righteousness. And, and in his life says, it is my food, it is my drink to do the will of my Father. See him as he is and you will be like him. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. And it is Jesus who cannot not respond when voices call out to him, Son of David, have mercy on me. And from the cross, his voice gets lifted up. Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. See him as he is, and you will be, be like him. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. So pure is he that a woman with a hemorrhage touches his garment, and he feels the purifying power go out of him. He is at table, and a sinner woman comes and begins to caress his feet and to wash his feet with her hair. And rather than him being scandalized and polluted by that, the purity of his life flows over to her, and he says, you are forgiven. See him as he is, and you will be like him. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. As he prepares to go to that lonely, agonizing cross, he says to his disciples, my peace I give to you. My peace I give to you. And Paul goes on to describe the way that he takes Jew and Gentile, alienated people, and he brings them together in his blood on the cross and becomes 
their peace. See him as he is, and you will be like him. And blessed are the persecuted, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those when, when people revile you and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you. Rejoice and be glad. Rejoice and be glad. And before his accusers, when he knows how vile the things that they say about him are, he keeps his peace, lets them have their day. And as Paul says, he makes the good testimony. As attackers come against you, see him as he is and you will be like him. So, brothers and sisters, on this All Saints Sunday, my three prayers for you are that you may know to the depth of your being, by virtue of your baptize, by your, by your being born in the baptismal waters, that you are a beloved child of God. I pray, secondly, that no matter how the great ordeal that has been going on since John's day, no matter how it impacts you, may you know that your good shepherd rules in heaven and that even now you may join the worship that is already going on and that will continue forever and ever and ever. And finally, may, you know, may God give you great joy and being a part of the answer that God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven, as Jesus' life is built into you, as you learn from him his humility, his meekness, his mourning, his hungering and thirsting for righteousness, his mercy, his purity, his peacemaking, and his willingness to stand alongside the persecuted and the broken. May God bless you richly, and may the God who is able to do exceeding abundantly beyond all that we could ask or even think to ask, may glory abound to him through Christ Jesus and in the church, now and forever. Amen.